You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is time. It is time. They can't be Packers. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Excited to talk to you guys today because it's been a long week for me and it feels like forever since I got a chance to just talk some football with you guys. It's been a long week in general. My um, my folks are moving out of, not, not exactly my childhood home, but uh, we moved there when I was 12. So I was over there today and... Um, going through some tools in the um, workbench and all that and um, picking out some memorabilia and keepsakes from my childhood. Uh, As many of you know, we are um, expecting our firstborn child any day now. So it's kind of cool to go through some old, uh, you know, toys and stuff that I had when I was a kid that was in my folks' back basement and pull it out and, uh, you know, I'm excited in a couple of years to get to see my kids playing with um, with stuff that I played with when I was a kid. Uh, something else I brought home from my parents' house, they have like a, a drink fridge. It's like separate from the regular fridge. A lot, a lot of you folks have a drink fridge out in the garage or whatever. And uh, I was emptying some drinks out of there and they have a bunch of um, Ahas and Bubblies and LaCroix. I really love those. And... I was chuckling because last week on the pod, I was talking about how excited I was that Mountain Dew was making their zero sugar Baja Blast. And I had some folks write in about different, um, uh, you know, non-sweetened uh, fizzy drinks like Aha and that kind of stuff. And yes, I do love those. I drink, uh, gosh, I mean, there are times during the year where I will drink two or three of those per day. You know, it's just carbonated water with a little hint of flavor. Anyways, uh, we're going to get into football talk here. I'm going to start off by answering a couple of uh, listener questions that were sent in to the phone number. What the heck is the phone number? uh, 231-714-4195. You can uh, text or leave a voicemail there. So um, I have a couple of these, and then we're going to get into... A topic that I've teased for a very long time, which is how good of a drafter is Brian Gutekunst. I think I've been teasing this pod idea for at least three months. And then hopefully next week, the timing is going to work out that we're going to have a special guest on to talk about just how bad the Chicago Bears are going to be this year. I'm really looking forward to this. 
Uh, as I mentioned a week ago, I could not find a Vikings guest that I thought was really worthy of, of you know, taking up your time. When I mentioned that, Chuck texted in to the show and said, I spite listen to a Vikings podcast every day, Purple Daily. He says, the reason they have not made many moves is Zimmer was so bad. They think they have a good team. No moves needed. Additionally, I tend to listen to it at lunch. It makes any food taste bland, so I can eat healthy, bad-tasting foods and not suffer the taste. There's very few healthy foods that I genuinely dislike. I'm not a fan of sweet potatoes, unless you make it into a sweet potato pie with loads of brown sugar and butter, and then at that point, it's not healthy. Uh, I don't like water chestnuts, but I'm not sure there's any calories or nutrients in water chestnuts. Um, not a, the world's biggest fan of like zucchini, but that's about it. I, most healthy tasting foods I, I do enjoy. As for the Vikings, I do agree that they have a decent roster. And I, I did mention that as we were going through. It's kind of, they have all the pieces and they've had a hard time getting out of their way. When people make comments like this about the Bears and say that um, uh, Matt Nagy was so bad and that's why they couldn't win... That's not something I buy for one second. The Vikings, you might have a case there. Because as I said, one of the big issues with them is they could just never get out of their own way. They would have a, a decent-ish roster, and, and and they might even start the season off strong, and they, they just like they just fumbled away too many opportunities. You know, especially against uh, big opponents, they 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 just never really felt like they could hang with any of the big dogs, and that was that was a problem. So this is an argument that I maybe could actually buy. Uh, thanks for the comment, Chuck. Um, I don't know why you listen to a Vikings podcast. Uh, I listen to some Vikings podcasts because I'm trying to uh, keep up to date on Vikings stuff, specifically for the purpose of this show and my other uh, Packers podcast. No Huddle Radio. If you haven't checked that out on BackersTalk.com, do so. Um, we're going to get to our next question. Uh, this is the last question we're going to hit, and then we're going to... Um, where is it? I have downloaded... Here we go. All right, so um, voicemail uh, from Donnie, and then we are going to get into Brian Gutekunst as a drafter and how he stacks up with the other top tier GMs in the NFL. So this is Donnie, first time caller, long time listener. Um was just calling to get your opinion on do you think they could use Amari Rogers and uh not as Debo Samuel but as that type of weapon in the offense. We really like to see him uh break out and I'm thinking he's gonna have a big year this year. Alright later. Do I think the Packers could use Amari Rogers as a Debo Samuel type of weapon? Absolutely, I do. Good, good. Now, I don't think that um, I'm expecting a huge breakout year for Amari in year two. And I just want to state, because I've had um, conversations with a couple different people, different listeners on social media this week, talking about the idea of, like, um, make or break years this year. And it, there. There's a lot of uh, tossing out of names like Amari Rogers, like Royce Newman, Josiah DeGuara, throwing these guys out and saying, I, I think this is uh, this is a prove-it year, either show up or get out of town. I'm just going to state 
and I'm going to have to say this a, a bunch more times in the future. Anytime you're talking about a really young player in their first couple of years in the league and you're making statements like statements like that, you're you're missing it. Uh, that's just not true at all. Um, especially with like with the tight end, because Deguara is the guy people have been talking about a lot. Especially with the tight end, I, I I have zero expectations for any tight end until year three at a minimum. The fact that we got serviceable play from Josiah Deguara in year two, forget it. That that was amazing. You don't you don't get that. Um, so I. Is this a make-it-or-break-it year for Amari Rodgers? No. Am I expecting him to have a big role this year? I don't think so. But he has the physical traits that they could do Debo with him. It's totally plausible. The The biggest characteristic of the Debo-Samuel role in this uh, Shanahan offense is using him out of the backfield. And there was a lot of talk about using Mari Rogers that way last year. It never materialized. Yes, I do think that that is a fantastic way you could use him. Uh, what's his name? Jason Vrabel, the new, uh, not even new. I think it's his third, second or third year. Third year now, um, coaching wide receivers. Uh, still feels new to me though. I uh, was talking about how they they've even been using Amari as the you know MVSZ receiver in practice sometimes having him run those kind of routes that so they they don't feel that he's limited physically. Certainly you could use him out of the backfield, have him carry the ball at times like Randall Cobb used to. He's kind of short, stocky, very muscular, very low center of gravity, um, but still a very fast guy. No doubt in my mind. You could use him in that way, and I think you could use him in that way much more effectively than any other receiver on this roster. I think that'd be a fantastic usage of him. Am I expecting him to break out this year? No. Year three? Sure. Year three, I I, I think it's it's go time. Um, if we don't see much of him next year, yes, then I'm going to say he's probably a bust. Year one, year two, um, if you see it, great. If they get a lot of playing time, great. If you don't see it, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, absence of success in the first like two years does not mean that the guy is going to flop. So, yes, I'd like to see him break out and have a big year this year. I am not expecting it, um, but that that does not, you know, and and this was a conversation we had last year. I don't know if any of you guys have tuned into the uh, roundtable episodes we were doing with the Packers Without Borders guys. I forget who else was on that on those roundtables. We, I mean. A lot of guys, anywhere from six to ten guys in those roundtables. Those are fun. We should fire those back up. Um, but there was a there was a question at one point of like, how much usage throughout the rest of the year do we need to see from Amari, you know, for us not to be concerned about him? And I just flat out said, I, I that's a stupid question. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're not. I, I don't have any minimum usage from him in year one for me to feel comfortable about him as a player. But thank you, Donnie, for calling in. Um, I love your question. It's super creative. Yes, I'd love to see that. Uh, do I think they're going to use it? I think they're going to try. I do think they're going to try. We'll see how successful it is. And again, whether he gets playing time this year, uh, whether he is good when he's out there, um, it's more about like if you see it, you can get excited about it as opposed to if you don't see it, you should panic. I, I, I don't think that there's – 
hardly anything that you could see from him this year that should give you a lot of panic for the future. So, um, but again, not a lot of guys uh, who are drafted do pan out. Not a lot of third round picks pan out. Not a lot of wide receivers pan out. The odds are stacked against him in terms of being a, a successful player. Um, but I'm absolutely not even close to any kind of panicked about him. Um, okay. Patreon.com slash JJ Leahy. Uh, last uh, new patron was uh, June 3rd. So I'd love to get some more of you guys on there. Help me uh, support the show. Um, this is a definitely something I do because I love it and because uh, it's a fantastic hobby, but it's also nice to get compensated for the time. And I, I put in a ton of work for this episode. I went through and I uh, graded the last, not not the last four, but uh, 2018 through 2021 draft classes for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams. So hope you appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a, a sponsor break right now. And we're going to get right into our Brian Gutekind's discussion. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So I graded every draft that Brian Gutekunst has done. And obviously the 2022 draft just gets an incomplete grade. We don't know. 
we have to wait a couple years and see how that shakes out. So one thing I did here is I graded every pick um, out of three points. And I, and I recognize that there's some limitations here, but three points means you are like one of the best players at your position. You are worthy of being in the Pro Bowl consideration. Uh, two points just means that you're a starter for the team. One point means that you are on the team still, but not really any kind of contributor. Or I also wanted a way to grade um, some guys who have been contributors in the past but are no longer with the team. And I feel like since 2018 is a short enough window that if you were a, a player for a few years and then we moved on from you, we can kind of classify you as a bust most of the time, but you get some partial credit. So so that's one point. And then if you um, are no longer with the team that drafted you, you get zero points. <laughs> if you could see my spreadsheet and the amount of uh, data I put in here. So I have a pile of information here, and I thought that probably one of the better ways to structure my delivery of it to you was going to be to ask a few questions, and I sent these questions to the other members of the Packernet team, and I got a few responses. First of all, I asked them to rank Gudikin's draft classes. So, um, the unanimous answer was that 2019 was his best draft class. The other unanimous point was that 2021 was somewhere in the middle. Outside of that, there wasn't any consistency. Uh, 2018 was sometimes listed as the worst. 2020 was sometimes listed as the worst. Here's what I came up with. So, using my point system that I came up with, the 2018 draft class is worth eight points. Jair Alexander gets three points. Josh Jackson was a bust. He gets zero Oren Burks was uh, a, a longtime contributor um, on special teams, uh, played some defense. He played 59 games for the Packers. He is no longer with the Packers. He gets one point. He's one of the few guys who's no longer with the team that I did give some credit to, and that's just because of the number of games he played. But as a third-round pick, no doubt about it, he was a massive disappointment as a player. I don't think anybody's disappointed that he's gone. Jamon Moore in the fourth round, bust. Cole Madison in the fifth round, bust. J.K. Scott, also in the fifth round, I gave one point to. He played 49 games for the Packers. I thought he was a an above-average punter for the majority of his time with the team. Um, certainly had his flaws. No longer with the team anymore, so I'm giving him one point. It's a weak one point, though. MVS, I also gave a point to. He played 59 games for the Packers, and uh, that actually is the most of anybody in this class except for Oren Burks. Oren Burks and MVS have played the most games of any Gutekunst draft pick. EQ, I gave zero points to. Bust. James Looney, zero points. Bust. Hunter Bradley gets one point. 
He did play 56 games for the Packers. Uh, I, I think he, that, that he was a pretty bad player, but just for the sheer amount of games he played, I did have to give a point. Kendall Donerson, outside linebacker, zero points, bust. You get eight points total for the 2018 draft class. And I did an episode a year ago. Maybe I'll have to go back and and redo it again for you guys uh, where I redrafted the 2018 draft class and trying to just assemble with hindsight the very best draft class you could possibly come up with for the Packers. And there wasn't much you could do after about round four. I, I, I You found yourself drafting several of the same guys um, MVS, uh, JK Scott, um, that, that were drafted in real life. 2019. So 2018 got eight points. 2019 currently has nine points. Now, obviously this can change going forward. Rashawn Gary gets three points. Um, absolutely one of the premium players in the league. Darnell Savage is a full-time starter. He gets two points. Hope to see him uh, bounce back to 2020 form in 2022. We'll see. Elton Jenkins gets three points as well. Uh, Fantastic offensive lineman. uh, Made the Pro Bowl. No complaints about Elton Jenkins. Jay Sternberger, bust. Kingsley Kiki also gets zero points. I, I don't think it's fair to call him a bust. He played 41 games. I thought he was a... A uh, pretty good player for the Packers. He was a full-time starter for one year. But he's no longer with the team. Things ended badly with him. He was not a starter for more than one year. He was uh, riding the bench for the majority of two years. I gave him zero points. Kadar Holman, no longer with the team, never really played much. Zero points. Dexter Williams, zero points. Ty Summers is still with the team. Doesn't really do very much. He's played 46 games. He gets one point. So nine points overall for the 2019 class. But you look at the first three picks. You had two first-rounders and a second-rounder. And you have two threes and a two. That's darn good. Uh, It's a little bit hard to complain about the rest of the draft class when you hit so well in the first three. 2020. We have 11 points overall for the 2020 class. Now, Round one, Jordan Love only gets one point. He's still with the team, does not have a role. Um, A.J. Dillon, three points. I think he's going to make a Pro Bowl this year. He's absolutely in the conversation. Fantastic player. Josiah Duguar is a starter for the team. He gets two points. Kamal Martin, no longer with the team, zero points. Bust. John Runyon, full-time starter, two points. Jake Hansen, still with the team. Uh, we'll see how much longer he's with the team. Um, doesn't have a big role and ha- has been cut multiple times, but we're going to give him one point. Simon Stepniak, uh, this is a bust, clear and obvious. He's already retired from the NFL. Vernon Scott is still with the team, one point. Jonathan Garvin is still with the team, one point, but we'll see what he does this year. I think that there's room for him to possibly become a starter. We'll see. Uh, he's a seventh rounder. One point. Maybe he can push himself up higher. And obviously the guy who uh, has the potential to take the biggest leap any, anywhere on this list is Jordan Love if he becomes a full-time starter and if he becomes a really good player. He currently gets one point. And for your first-round pick, obviously that's disappointing. Overall, the 2020 class gets 11 points. So does the 2021 class. Eric Stokes, 
gets two points. We'll see what he can do this year. Maybe he can push himself up into the Pro Bowl conversation. But after one year, to be worth two points, that is nothing to sneeze at. Josh Myers, full-time starter. Um, obviously missed a good amount of time last year, but still expected to be the starter this year. Two points. Amari Rogers, one point. He's still with the team. Does not have a role yet. Royce Newman was a full-time starter all year last year and is expected to be a starter again this year. Two points. TJ Slayton only gets one point right now. Um, He is not a starter yet. I would expect him to push himself up into the two-point conversation this year. So that's an area where this class can get better. Shamar Jean Charles, worth one point. He's still with the team. Uh, Colby and Land and I struggled to decide how to rank him. I ended up giving him zero points because he did get cut last year. But he's back with the team now. And he is being given a chance to compete for a starting tackle job. I'm not sure how you go from cut <laughs> to a starting tackle in just one year. Uh, he gets zero points as of right now, but obviously he could push himself up. And you like to see that he's back with the team. But he did get cut. He does get zero points. Um, a year or two ago, this is Jake Hansen territory, um, but Jake Hansen has hung around long enough that he's back in the uh, one-point um, uh, territory. But Cole Van Lannen, currently in zero points. Uh, if he gets cut again, I think that the zero point is clearly wor- uh, deserved. Isaiah McDuffie only gets one point. Kylan Hill only gets one point. Hopefully, Kylan Hill can push himself up uh, higher up that list. So uh, 2020 and 2021 both get um, 11 points. And then uh, the 2022 class obviously is incomplete. Um, I just gave everybody one point because nobody has won a job yet. Nobody has been given the opportunity to show us what they can do. But since there's 11 picks, it's currently worth 11 points. And I just wanted to kind of put that out like it, it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything it's just interesting because 2020 and 2021 both ended up being worth 11 points uh 2020 uh we drafted one two three four five six seven eight nine players and then 2021 we drafted one two three four five six seven eight nine players so both of those ended up adding two points um after making up for uh, the guys who got cut and are long, no longer with the team. So I uh, just wanted to have that out there for comparison. Obviously, we don't know anything about this draft class yet. So uh, so the uh, answer I got back about what was the best draft class, the answer seemed unanimously to be 2019. But I will just say that uh, 2020 and 2021 so far have added um, more points to the team, you know, and, and if you're if you're talking about you know in 2019, you had two first round picks, Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage. You know, obviously you'd expect the more early picks you have, well, you'd hope that the draft class would be better. Yes, uh, and, and I think that that also goes into being a good GM. If you're if you don't have very many picks in a year, I'm going to hold that against you because your job is to have as many picks and have as many of those picks turn into good players as possible. So I'm going to ding you for not having very many picks. And I'm going to reward you for having a lot of picks because you're the guy who goes out and acquires more picks. So um, 2021, 
just in terms of the number of players that contributed to the team, you had one, two, three guys who were starters from the 2021 class. Uh, you have three players from the 2019 class who are all starters. Uh, the 2020 class, you get one. Yep, again, three players who are starters. John Runyon, Josiah DeGuara, A.J. Dillon. I guess I didn't read the names off. So 2021, your starters were Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman. Uh, and T.J. Slayton is, like, really just teetering on the edge there. Not a starter yet, but, man, it, it's really close. And then 2019, obviously, it's your first three picks. Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins. The other thing I'll just point out is that the older a draft class gets, the more opportunity you have for guys to flame out and uh, reveal themselves to be busts. All right, next question that I asked, what round do you predict he's done the best in? So uh, looking overall here, um, hit rate for round one is an average of 1.85 points. Hit rate for round two is 1.8. It's it's just neck and neck. If you can believe it, the third most successful round of the draft is round four. We have a perfect one. So for every uh, player who busts in round four, you have another player who becomes at least a starter and cancels it out for him. Uh, then you have by a nose. The next best round is round seven. Now, part of this has to do with just the massive number of players that uh, we've drafted out of round seven. But uh, the average number is 0.81. Uh, we've had um, uh, special teamers have given us points, defensive line, edge rusher, linebacker. Uh, two different safeties have given us points out of the seventh round. Offensive line, we've had one um, wide receiver and running back uh, that have given us points so far. The next best round, so this is second, sorry, third worst. Third worst is round three. The much maligned round three is the fourth best round of the draft. So you got number one, uh, round one, round two, round seven, round three. It's not quite the uh, sorry, I forgot about round four. So one, two, four, seven, three. So yes, round three is bad compared to rounds two and four. Round four is noticeably better than round three. Uh, you've gotten um, linebacker who flamed out. Uh, the offensive linemen taken in round three have balanced out to one point. The tight ends have balanced out to two points. The receivers have balanced out to one point so far. Um, it's a definitely an underwhelming round. Then we have round five. Uh, no good linebackers in round five. No good offensive linemen in round five. Um, and, and, and those are positions that have been drafted. Wide receiver, we've had two fifth rounders. Uh, let's see here. Cornerback, we've had one. Edge rusher, we've had one. Defensive line, we've had one. Special teams, we've had one. And then in last place, by a mile, round six. The only position that has done anything good for us so far out of round six is offensive line. So I would say let's continue taking swings at offensive line in round six. Let's stop stockpiling sixth-round picks. 
I don't think that they have been worth it. We've had running backs who flamed out, wide receivers who flamed out, uh, cornerbacks who have flamed out. Got a linebacker who hasn't done anything yet. Uh, round six is not good. The next question I asked, what round do you predict he's done the worst in? Uh, well, we just answered that with um, with uh, round six. And the answers that were given were three. So we had 50% of the um, responders in this poll guessed that round three was going to be the worst. Um, and then we had a couple of votes for round four and a couple of votes for round seven. So you guys were close. No cigar, though. It's round six. Finally, I asked, which positions do you think he's drafted best? The answers that were given were running back, offensive line, edge rusher, and cornerback. So I just recorded a segment where I went through and I read off the grades for each of these positions, and it was so stinking boring. It took 15 minutes to do, and I deleted it because I just said, nobody's going to care about this. This is super boring. Instead, I'll just give you the averages. The highest grade was cornerback at 1.5 points average across the four cornerbacks that have been drafted so far. Obviously, two of those guys were drafted in the first round, uh, Jair and Stokes. So uh, it's a pretty good thing that those guys that uh, that position has panned out so well. Next, you have a two-way tie for second place. Running back and safety are at one. Point three three, We've taken three running backs and three safeties. Um, one safety has been a first rounder, and one running back has been a second rounder. So uh, two-way tie for second place. Third place, or I guess I should say fourth place, edge rusher. 1.25 points average for the four edge rushers that have been taken so far. We had one in 2022 is Kingsley and Nagbar. We're not counting him yet. Uh, you had a guy taken in 2020. That was uh, uh, Jonathan Garvin. You had a guy taken in 2019. That was obviously Rashawn Gary. And then your edge rusher in 2018 was Kendall Donerson. He didn't pan out. So you got a one, two, five. Fortunately, your first rounder is the guy who panned out. Then you got uh, offensive line has a relatively low grade. Um, but you got to look at the vast number of offensive linemen that have been taken so far, 11, uh, nine in the last three years. And um, they're mostly late-round picks. So the fact that they aren't all turning out, you're okay with. Uh, they you know take a bunch of, of swings in the sixth, sixth round, which, like I said, is their uh, his worst round. And the fact that you get a, uh, a guy or two here or there who can be a contributor in the sixth round, I say keep at it. It's a strategy that's working. Uh, offensive linemen in 2018 were all busts. 2019, you got three points out of them. 2020, you got two points out of them. 2021, you got five points out of them, and that was uh, Josh Myers and Royce Newman combined, and then Cole Van Lannan actually uh, canceled them out a little bit, brought their number down a bit. And then, obviously, we took three offensive linemen in 2022. Guess see how they pan out. So uh, offensive line has a little bit of a lower grade just because we've taken so many guys and several have busted out. Then we have quarterback, tight end, and linebacker uh, that all combine um, for – 
or, or I should say they all have one point apiece because the number of starters you've gotten out of any of these are canceled out by any of the busts at linebacker and at tight end. And then quarterback, obviously, we've only taken one, and that's uh, Jordan Love. Specialists, we've taken two guys, and we got a few years apiece out of them. Um, you know, Was that a, a good draft pick? Eh, it's debatable, but they were late-ish round picks anyways, uh, round five and seven. So how much were you really out by it? Um, wide receiver does have a poor grade at 0. 0.85. You have Amari Rogers has one point. Uh, Jamon Moore and Equinemius combined for zero points, and they cancel out the two points that I gave to MVS. We do have three guys that we took in 2022. We got to see how those numbers pan out, but the, the math right now is not great for wide receiver. It's also not great for defensive linemen. We took two in 2022. We took one in 2021 that uh, came up with just one point so far. That's TJ Slayton. We took uh, one apiece in 2019 and 2018 that were both busts. So uh, defensive line is actually the lowest graded position uh, for Gutekunst so far. Now, I wanted to compare Goody with the other highly touted uh, running backs, running backs, general managers in the NFL. So I went out there and I looked at a, a couple of lists to see who are generally regarded as the best uh, GMs in football. Here's a list from one year ago. This is 2021. Here's the top 10 guys. You have at number 10, you have Brett Veach from the Chiefs. Uh, 49ers GM John Lynch is at number nine. Cowboys GM Jerry Jones is at eight. Titans GM John Robinson is at seven. And this is why I'm reading the list. Because at number six, you have Rick Spielman, Vikings. Dude sucked. He has since been fired. So these lists are kind of terrible. That's why I wanted to read the, the 2021 list to you. At number six, you got a guy who didn't even make it a full year after this list. Number five, you have Mickey Loomis, Saints. I promise you I did grade Mickey Loomis. You might be interested to see how he graded out. Then you have at number four, Brandon Bean from the Bills, not to be confused with Billy Bean uh, from the Oakland A's. Number three was Jason Licht from the Buccaneers. Number two was Kevin Colbert, uh, Steelers. Finally, number one, Chris Ballard. Colts. If you've been listening to me on any of my shows for any considerable amount of time, you know that I, I don't have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard. I don't think he's a very good GM. I ding Chris Ballard a lot for his inability to solve the quarterback problem. And his teams can never compete because he never has a quarterback. And I think if he was taking swings that I at least agreed with, maybe I wouldn't ding him so hard. But every time he makes a move for quarterback, I'm just scratching my head. I, th I, I just kind of generally think of him as an idiot. But I did grade his draft history over the last few years, and it's it's, it's pretty good. I, I, think that, I think he's deserving of being on the list for the stellar drafting 
job that he does. But I also don't think he's uh, great at assembling a football team that can win. And do I think that Matt Ryan is going to be the answer this year? No, I do not. So I scoured some updated lists from 2022, and I came up with a couple other guys that um, seem to be more deserving of being on here. I do have my full list. Uh, This is not 10 GMs. It's only nine uh, because I'm including Brian Gutekunst as uh, one of the 10. So we're going to compare him to nine other GMs. The nine are going to be uh, Brett Veach from the Chiefs, Les Snead from the Rams, John Lynch from the 49ers, um, Mickey Loomis from the Saints, Brandon Bean from the Bills, Jason Lick from the Buccaneers, Kevin Colbert from the Steelers, even though he just retired, but he's been widely regarded as one of the best GMs in football for a long time. Chris Ballard from the Colts, and actually that makes my entire list only nine, including Gutekunst. So uh, we're going to compare him to eight guys, I guess. I'm not going to go out and add another one because I don't think anybody else is worth putting on here. Maybe uh, Eric DaCosta from the Ravens, but I'm not going to do that. So um, these guys, uh, many of them have been around for longer than uh, just 2018, but I'm going to compare 2018 through 2021 because those are the draft classes that I think you can judge Goody on at all. Uh, obviously, 2022 doesn't count for anybody yet. And I don't want to drudge up what other guys did in 2017 when Goody wasn't even um, a GM yet. So, who should we start with? Let's start with, uh, we'll do the Colts, Chris Ballard. So, uh, Chris Ballard has been the GM of the Colts since 2017. They have not really done much since he got there. Chris Ballard formerly coached wide receivers and uh, defensive backs at Texas A&M. Then he was an executive uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs from 2013 through 2016. Um, after So the, the A&M thing was uh, prior to 2001. Uh, 2001 to 2012, he was a scout for the Chicago Bears. 2013 through 16, he was an executive with Kansas City. Then he became the GM of the Colts. In his four years, uh, his last four years drafting there, he has amassed 40 points through the draft. For comparison, Brian Gutekunst has amassed 39 points. 40 is pretty good. Um, Most of those points came in 2020. We're going to start with 2021, though. 2021, he took Quidipay, defensive lineman, Quiddy Pay is a projected to be a starter this year. We're going to give him two points. Deo Odenigbo, another defensive lineman, is not a starter. He only gets one point. Kylan Granson, tight end, is not a starter. He gets one point. Sean Davis, uh, safety, is no longer with the team. He's actually a Packer now. Zero points for Chris Ballard for Sean Davis. Quarterback Sam Ellinger, Ellinger uh, one point. He doesn't have any role, but he's still with the team. Wide receiver Mike Straken. I don't remember this guy at all, uh, but he doesn't have a role. He is worth one point so far. And then offensive lineman Will Fries is worth one point. You get a total of seven points for 2021. That's relatively low compared to a lot of other uh, GM on uh, on this list uh, there, 2021. 2020 was the massive 
draft class for Chris Ballard. Starting with Michael Pittman in the second round. He didn't have a first rounder. Michael Pittman in the second round, worth two points. He's a starter. He's a not terrible player. He's a decent player. He's played 30 games so far. Also in the second round, Jonathan Taylor, clearly one of the very best, if not the best, uh, running back in all of football. Uh, Three points for Jonathan Taylor. Julian Blackman, the safety, is a starter. You get two points. Quarterback Jacob Eason gets one point. One thing you notice in all these draft classes for Chris Ballard, he takes a lot of swings at quarterback. They all stink. Uh, He also brings in goofy quarterbacks through trades or free agency to be the starter. They all stink. The dude does not have an eye for quarterback. One point for Jacob Eason. Danny Pinter, the guard, is a starter. He gets two points. Defensive tackle Robert Windsor, Windsor is a bust. He's out of, uh, off the team now, zero points. And then you get uh, three guys just hanging around in quarterback Isaiah Rogers, wide receiver Desmond Patman, and linebacker Jordan Glasgow. They get one point apiece. Um, haven't done anything yet. So 13 points total for 2020. 2019, this is an interesting one. Again, no first-round pick, but he had two sec- uh, three second-round picks. Cornerback Rakia Sin in the second round, his first pick that he took. I'm going to give him one point. I don't understand the Rakia Sin thing. He was an okay cornerback cor- uh, for the Colts. Not amazing, just okay. Uh, and then they traded him for peanuts to the Raiders. I don't get this one at all. I'm giving just one point for Rakia Sin. Ben Bonogu, linebacker, is still with the team. Hasn't done jack. Wide receiver Paris Campbell is a starting slot receiver. Uh, He's missed a lot of time with injuries. He does get two points, but it's a shaky two points. I'd argue this one maybe is only worth one and a half points. We'll see. He's expected to still have a a big role this year. Linebacker Bobby Okariki, two points. He's a starter. Uh, Safety Kari Willis was a bust. Uh, Safety Marvell Tell third is hanging around and hasn't done anything. One point. Um... Uh, I think I said uh, Marvell Tell was a linebacker. He's a safety. Uh, linebacker EJ Speed gets one point. He has played in 44 games. He hasn't started anything. Is not a great player. Um, defensive end Jerry Green is a bust. Tackle Jackson Barton was a bust. Center Javon Patterson was a bust. Eight points overall for 2019. And then 2018 was another good class for Chris Ballard. First round he got... Quentin Nelson, a very, very good um, guard, one of the best guards in football, um, all-pro three times, uh, four-time pro bowler. Darius Leonard was the next pick in round two, obviously super stud. Three-time all-pro, three-time pro bowler, one of the very best linebackers in football, if not the best. Guard Braden Smith uh, is still a starter. You get two points. So your first three picks are all hits um and actually i'm now that i'm looking at this i I don't know why i gave quentin nelson two points i meant to give him three points so um this hit this draft class actually goes up one point overall uh braden smith uh gets two points as a starter linebacker kamoko toure is a bust uh defensive end taekwon lewis is just not doing anything yet one point running back naheem himes Two points. He has been a starter, um, and then Jonathan Taylor obviously uh, took over. Naheem Hines is a good running back. I did give him two points, but again, this is a shaky two points. 
Um, but I, I do recognize what a good player he is. Uh, and then you had four busts in a row taken. And then um, in the seventh round, linebacker Zaire Franklin is a uh, role player for them. He's uh, played 65 games. 13 overall points for the 2018 class. Chris Ballard, pretty good drafter. I have to hand it to him. Uh, let's do the Buccaneers next. Jason Licht actually is a GM that I, I do really like. I don't, uh, and I like him a lot as a drafter. He's been kind of a goofball. Uh, there was a thing for a while where he was like um, blogging under a fake name and like calling into radio shows and under a fake name to defend Jameis Winston. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, and then he's made some decisions that I really disagree with, like bringing in Antonio Brown. Obviously, it paid off on the football field, and that's all we're judging. We're not judging Jason Licht on morality. Um, but as a GM, seems like he's done a pretty decent job. His drafting has been eh, just kind of meh. Um, he has amassed 29 points in the last four years, which is considerably lower than Goody and Chris Ballard. In 2021, their first-round pick was Joe Tryon-Sharinka, a linebacker, or outside linebacker, I should say. He is a starter, but he's a horrifically bad player. So I'm only giving him one-and-a-half points right now. Uh, we'll see if he can pick it up. Kyle Trask, not expected to compete for a backup quarterback job this year. This is a headline. Uh, from, what is this, Tampa Bay Times? Uh, I lost it. Uh, we're going to give zero points for Kyle Trask. Robert Haynes, the offensive lineman, hasn't done anything yet. One point. A wide receiver Jalen Darden hasn't done anything yet. One point. Linebacker K.J. Britt hasn't done anything yet. One point. DB Chris Wilcox is no longer with the team. Zero points. And linebacker Grant Stewart has done nothing so far. One point. Total of five and a half points for 2021. 2020. Round one, Tristan Wirfs, three points. He's one of the best tackles in football, uh, made all pro. Safety, Antoine Winfield Jr., also three points, one of the best safeties in football. So back-to-back hits in round one and two. Not just hits, but superstar hits. Round three and round five, you took running back Keyshawn Vaughn, wide receiver Tyler Johnson. Neither of them has done anything. They get one point apiece. The last three picks were all busts. Eight overall points for 2020, but obviously those two picks that hit really hit. 2019, this is uh, his best draft class in the last four years. First pick was in the first round was Devin White, horrific football player. I do not understand the respect and the love that Devin White gets. Terrible player, but he is a starter. He gets two points. Cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting is also a starter, two points. Cornerback Jamel Dean, also a starter, two points. Safety Mike Edwards, also a starter, two points. So your first four picks all hit in as, insofar as they are all starters, and they all, all starters on that defense as well. Defensive end Anthony Nelson in the fourth round hasn't done anything yet. He gets one point. In the fifth round, we have Matt Gay, uh, the kicker. And Matt Gay is a pretty good kicker. But he's no longer with the Buccaneers. He is with the Rams. I decided to give a half a point for this, but I feel weird about it because you drafted a kicker in the fifth round. He's no longer on the team. Like, should I really give you a point for this? But he also made a Pro Bowl. So I, I, I don't know. He's played 40 games. 
I gave him a half a point. That was my compromise. Scotty Miller has played 35 games. He's not projected to be a starter this year. One point for Scotty Miller. And then uh, defensive tackle Terry Beckner was a bust. So 10.5 points overall for the 2019 class. 2018, again, the first-round pick was a hit. Vita Vea is one of the best defensive linemen in football. Second-round pick, Ronald Jones, running back. Uh, this is a guy that I really like, but he's no longer with the team. Um, was never a starter for the Buccaneers. I had to give zero points. He's now with the Chiefs. Cornerback uh, MJ Stewart was a bust. Cornerback Carlton Davis is still a starter for the team. Two points. Tackle Alex Kappa is no longer with the team. Uh, safety Jordan Whitehead is no longer with the team. Wide receiver Justin Watson is no longer with the team. And linebacker Jack Sitchi is no longer with the team. Five points overall for the 2018 class. Those all came from Vita Vea and Carlton Davis, who are both still starters for the team. So that's Jason Licht. Uh, he's been the GM since 2014, has amassed a total of 29 points, previously has been an executive for the Patriots, Eagles, and Cardinals. Uh, safe to say Brian Gutekinds is a better GM than Jason Licht. Let's go to the Chiefs because we've kind of been danced around this for a little bit. Brett Veach has been the um, GM since 2017. Obviously, uh, in 2017, they did draft Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to get into that for a couple reasons. One, there are controversial tellings of the story of how Mahomes was drafted, about whether Beach actually deserves credit or not, and I am not qualified to answer that. Second, uh, we're not doing 2017. We're doing 2018 through 2021. So you don't get points for 2017 in this exercise. Brett Veach, formerly an Eagles scout from 2004 to 2012, he followed Andy Reid to Kansas City in 2013. He was an analyst for two years and then was promoted to co-director of player personnel for the 2015 and 2016 seasons. Then he became the GM. He has amassed 28.5 points in the last four years. That's the lowest of any of the guys we've looked at so far. 2021, uh, the second, first pick that they took was in the second round. This was linebacker Nick Bolton. He's a starter. Uh, he's played 16 games so far. Uh, decent player. Two points. Center Creed Humphrey. I was trying to decide if I should give him two points or three points because he was one of the very best offensive linemen in football last year. I'm giving him two points, but it's like it's, it's more closely toward two and a half. If he repeats, then he's... Um, then he's deserving of three points, but uh, I think he's, he's got to show it first, uh, but he's two points is what he's given right now, but borderline three-point territory. Defensive end Joshua Kando only gets one point. Tight end Noah Gray gets one point. Wide receiver Cornell Powell gets one point. And offensive lineman Trey Smith is a starter. He gets two points. Nine points overall for the 2021 class. It's not a bad class. Um, could have been a little bit better if you'd had more picks to work with, but you traded too many picks away. In 2020, uh, this was a slightly worse draft class. First overall pick was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's a very bad running back. He's still the starter. I'm giving him one and a half points because the dude is just bad, and there is a uh, non-zero chance that he loses his job this year. 
Uh, he's played in 23 games. He's amassed um, 1,700 yards and eight re- eight rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. Um, the, he's, he's he's a bad player. He needs to start playing better. Uh, I can't I can't give him the full two points because he's like starter only because they don't have anybody else and they might be about to have somebody else. Linebacker Willie Gay, on the other hand, is a totally serviceable starter. He gets two points. Tackle Lucas Nyang gets two points. He's a starter. Safety Legarius Sneed is a starter. Two points there. So you got your first four picks are all starters. I would argue that that is maybe starting these guys out of weakness, not out of strength, though. In other words, like you don't have anybody better to put out there. Not that they are good enough to have earned starting jobs. Defensive end Michael Dana is still around but hasn't done anything. He has one point. Cornerback Thakarius Keys was a bust. 2019, Brett Veach earned seven points. He didn't have a first-round pick. That could have helped his score a lot had he had that. Second-round pick... First, you had Mecole Hardman, and I struggle with this because I don't think Mecole Hardman is a very good player, uh, but he is a starter. He also made the Pro Bowl, so I was just struggling. I'm like, he's a bad player, but he made a Pro Bowl. I went ahead and stuck him with two points because although he made a Pro Bowl in the past, I don't think there's anybody out there who thinks he's in the Pro Bowl consideration right now. I think it's wild that he made a Pro Bowl at all. Safety Juan Thornhill is a starter, two points. Defensive tackle Kalen Saunders, one point. Cornerback Rashad Fenton, still with the team, one point. Running back Darwin Thompson, bust, zero points. And guard Nick Allegretti, one point. He has uh, actually played a substantial number of games as a backup. 2018 was his worst draft class. This is, it's bad. Zero points for second-rounder Breland Speaks. Again, no first-round pick. Uh, Two picks in the third round. Defensive tackle Derek Noddy is the only starter out of this draft class. Two points. Linebacker Dorian O'Daniel, very good player, but he's not with the team anymore. So you don't get points for that. Uh, one point for Dorian O'Dana for having been a good player for the Chiefs in the past, um, but you lose some points for the fact that he's gone now. Same deal for uh, safety Armani Watts in the fourth round. Exact same story. Wide receiver Traymond Smith in the sixth round was a horrible player. And he's he's um, gone now. And then defensive tackle Khalil McKenzie in the sixth round also a bust. So four points total for the 2018 class. Brett Veach, uh, 28.5 overall points. I'm not a fan of Brett Veach. I don't think he's a good GM. I think that, uh, um, what's his name? John Dorsey built a fantastic team prior to Brett Veach getting the job. And Brett Veach since then has done nothing to add good talent to the team outside of a guy or two here or there, um, uh, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey. That's it. He's a let that roster totally erode. Um, really, I'm not a fan of him. Uh, let's turn to the Steelers. This is an interesting one because Kevin Colbert just retired. Uh, his uh, second-hand man, Omar Khan, has taken over. And I think that if you were going to grade the 2022 glass, uh, uh, class preemptively before they play, 
I'm not a fan of his draft class. This is a team that had a really, really bad offensive line. He didn't take any offensive linemen. I don't know what the plan was with this draft class. They took uh, Kenny Pickett in the first round. It's a bad – I think it's a bad draft class, but that's just me. Kevin Colbert, though, 35 points over the previous four years. That's pretty good. 13 points came from the 2021 class. This is a fantastic class. First of all, in round one, you took Najee Harris. I'm not a fan of taking running backs in the first round, but at least you hit on him. Three points. Dude made a pro ball already. Uh, one of the better running backs in all of football. And then the second round, tight end Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State is a starter. He's also one of the better tight ends in football. I gave him two points, but I think getting three points is clearly doable this year. We'll see. Um... Offensive lineman Kendrick Green started his whole first season. Now he's lost his job, and he was a bad player. So I only gave him one point. Uh, Dan Moore, offensive lineman, uh, is a starter. So he gets two points. Uh, Linebacker Buddy Johnson and defensive end Isaiah Loudermilk each get a point. Defensive lineman Quincy Roche is gone, zero points. Defensive back Trey Norwood is hanging around one point. Punter Presley Harvin has been a starter for two years, so you get two points for that, but it's a punter. But it's the seventh round, so whatever. 13 points for that draft class. Very good draft class. Previous year, 2020, uh, Chase Claypool in the second round uh, is a starter. Um, His quality of play goes up and down a lot. I think he's a bit of a head case, but he was a guy I liked a lot in the draft, and he has been decently a good football player. Uh, in his two years in the league. We'll see what he can do in year three, if he can kind of turn some of the nutty off-the-field stuff around. Uh, You know what? It's not just off-the-field. It's on-the-field, too, where he's nutty. But he gets two points. Uh, Linebacker Alex Highsmith is a starter, two points. Running back Anthony McFarland was a guy I liked. He hasn't really done anything so far. Uh, He's uh, just under 200 yards total, zero touchdowns in uh, two years. 1.4 1.4 McFarland. Guard Kevin Dotson is a starter. Uh, so he gets two points. And safety Antoine Brooks Jr. is no longer with the team. He gets zero points. Defensive tackle Carlos Davis gets one point. In 2019, um, I'm starting to wonder if I should keep reading through all these. 2019, I'll, I'll just read off the hits. Uh, let's see. Deontay Johnson in the third round. Did make a Pro Bowl. He is one of the higher-graded wide receivers in football. Um, No other hits from that class. Their first-round pick was Devin Bush. Horrific football player. He is a starter, but that's like by default, and he should not be a starter. Actually, I take that back. He's not a starter anymore. Uh, 2018, there were two hits. Safety Terrell Edmonds is a starter from the first round. And tackle Chukwoma Okorafor is a starter from the third round. Six total points for 2018. Uh, Let's see. Bills. Here's another guy who gets a ton of love. Brandon Bean. He's been the GM since 2017. Amassed 32.5 points. So it's... uh, Pretty average for the list here. Actually, a little bit low for the list of guys we've gone through so far. 2021, there were two hits. Gregory Rousseau in the first round is a starter. 
uh, edge rusher. Uh, graded out pretty well last year. And then offensive lineman Spencer Brown is a starter as well. Uh, there was a bust in round six and a bust in round seven. 2020, so the 2021 class gets eight points. The 2020 class also gets eight points. Uh, you had a hit in round four in wide receiver Gabriel Davis. He's a starter right now. You had a bust in round five with quarterback Jake Fromm. And then kicker Tyler Bass has been the starter for two years. So he gets two points. Uh, no first-round pick, but second-round pick A.J. Epinesa hasn't done anything yet. And uh, third-round pick running back Zach Moss, horrific football player, and he has already lost his job. 2019. First round pick was Ed Oliver. He's a starter. He is uh, not in the Pro Bowl conversation yet. Uh, you could see him getting there, though. Get two points for that. Uh, third rounder, Dawson Knox, the tight end, also gets two points. Uh, there was another third rounder, Devin Singletary, the running back. Another horrific football player, much worse than Zach Moss. Uh, he only gets one point. There was a bust in round five and a bust in round seven. Eight points for 2019. 2018, first pick was Josh Allen. Arguably the best quarterback in all of football. Certainly a top five quarterback. I gave him three and a half points. He's the only player on in any of these draft classes for any of these teams that I gave more than three points to. But I just felt like quarterback is such an important position that if you get one of the best players at at quarterback it just it has to be worth more so i gave three and a half points to josh allen and i feel good about it uh they had another first round pick in tremaine edmonds the linebacker he is a starter gets two points um another hit in round four was cornerback teron johnson he's still a starter and then here's an interesting one in round five was guard wyatt teller name should ring a bell for you he's one of the best guards in football however he plays for the Browns now. Um, so you identified just freakish talent and then cut him after less than a year. He goes to the Browns, becomes one of the best offensive linemen in football. So, you know, you get honorable mention for identifying him. And then I almost want to give you negative points for letting him walk. Um, and then there were three other misses. Uh, wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, wide receiver Austin Prohl. And um, here's another guy from the same class, uh, defensive tackle Harrison Phillips, who's a decent player. He's with the Vikings now, so he's no longer with the team. You get zero points for the Bills for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is a big factor in the Vikings having some success this year. So Brandon Bean, not a particularly spectacular drafter for our top ten list. He's okay. Uh, let's see. Um, just a couple teams left. Let's do the Saints. Um, and I'm I'm not going to revisit the absolutely ridiculous trade that they did in 2022, where they or series of trades where they turned all their picks into like nothing. They they took like eight picks and turned it into just Chris Olave and a linebacker, basically. So not going to revisit that because I've done that multiple times on this podcast. But Mickey Loomis has been the GM since 2002. He won Executive of the Year in 2006. Obviously, they did win a Super Bowl um, under his leadership. Interesting side note. From 2012 to 2019, 
He was the head of basketball operations for the Pelicans in addition to being the GM for the Saints. Kind of, kind of wild. Uh, so his draft classes have been pretty abysmal. He's racked up 21.5 points, by far the lowest in this four-year span of anybody we've looked at. 2021, he had his best draft class, which was eight points. Uh, his first-round pick, defensive end Peyton Turner, hasn't done anything yet. Um, but then in, he followed up in the second round with linebacker Pete Turner, who is one of the higher-graded linebackers in all of football and is a starter, so two points for that. Quarterback Paulson Adebo is a pretty good player and a starter. You get two points for that. Um, I, I also have to just kind of ding him for the just goofy quarterback carousel that's been going on there. I, I like Jamison, or Jameis Winston. We'll see what he can do this year. He looks decent last year when he was playing. But the Taysom Hill thing has just been weird. Uh, in 2021, he also drafted Ian Book in the fourth round, who hasn't done anything. 2020 was not a good draft class because he only had four picks. I don't know how you do this. This is just weird. Why would a GM not want draft picks? Uh, ask Ryan Pace. Four and a half points total for this class. He had three starters currently from that class, and I would argue all three are starters out of weakness, not out of strength. Cesar Ruiz was a center who is now playing guard for them. Uh, not a good football player. Linebacker Zach Bond is not a good football player. Tight end Adam Troutman has not done anything yet, but he's listed as a starter. So you got three guys, and I gave one and a half points to each because all three are starting because there's like nobody else on the roster because they keep having to sell the farm because Mickey Loomis does not know how to manage a salary cap. I don't understand how he's consistently on these top ten lists. I don't get it. I don't think he's a good um, GM. And you'll notice he is another guy who takes a quarterback like every year. Took quarterback Tommy Stevens in 2020, who's no longer with the team. 2019 in the second round, because again, no first round pick, because you just trade away all your picks. Second round, Eric McCoy, who is your starting center. You get two points for that. Safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson is an okay player. He is a starter. You get two points for him. Uh, then you got two busts, one of whom is tight end Elise Mack who's currently a Packer. We'll see what he can do uh, in training camp here in a couple weeks. Uh, actually, one week. And then uh, Caden Ellis, the linebacker, is still with the team, so you get a point for that. It's five points total for 2019. The 2018 class, your first-round pick, oh, look at that. You finally had a first-round pick. Marcus Davenport, one of the best defensive ends in football. You get three points for him. Um, wide receiver Traquan Smith is with the team, but hasn't done anything. Uh, one point for him. And then you got... Rick Leonard, the tackle is a bust. Safety, Natrell Jamerson, you might remember him from a brief stint in Green Bay, also a bust. Quarterback Cameron Moore, bust. Running back Boston Scott, not a great football player and doesn't play for the Saints, zero points. Center, Will Clapp, bust. Mickey Loomis, I'm going to label him not a good GM over the last five years. I think he's making the team worse every single year. Let's talk about two teams I dislike. We're going to do the Rams. And just remember, this whole podcast, I'm going over drafting ability. We're not talking about free agency. We're not talking about trades. Maybe we'll do that at some point. I'm not giving Les Snead a ton of points for the fact that he uh, pays a ton of money to other people's free agents or gives away a ton of picks 
for other people's players who may or may not be good when they come over and play for him. We're going to graft, uh, we're going to grade him as a drafter. He's been the GM since 2012. He has amassed 33 points over the past four years that we're looking at here. 2021, no first round pick. You notice this like mm, every single year. <laughs> Never has a first round pick. Second round pick, Tutu Atwell, has appeared in eight games. Uh, is not a starter. One point. Linebacker Ernest Jones is currently listed as a starter. You get two points for that. Um, nobody else is a starter from 2021 yet. 2020, in round two, you had Cam Akers, who is supposed to be your number one running back, but he cannot stay healthy. He has a total of two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdowns in his career, less than 1,000 yards, Combined from scrimmage, uh, just 150 attempts, I can't give him two points. If he can stay healthy and actually contribute for a whole year, or even like half a year, maybe he can push himself up higher. But right now, i got to give him one point because he just hasn't done anything. Uh, wide receiver Van Jefferson is a starter. He's not a terrible player. He gets two points. And then in the sixth round, safety Jordan Fuller absolutely a hit especially for the sixth round uh he was a, a captain for the defense last year unfortunately he missed the super bowl with an injury but he gets two points nine points total for the 2020 class the 2019 class there were only three hits uh second round safety taylor rap is the other starting safety uh defensive tackle greg Gaines is a starter and tackle david edwards is a starter 10 points total for the 2019 class you had a, a bunch of picks and only one bust that was a seventh rounder, uh, seventh round linebacker, but only uh, three guys who I would consider hits so far. 2018, you had the most picks. Uh, tackle Joseph Noteboom is still with the team from round three, um, not a starter. Brian Allen, the center, is a starter. And then he had uh, fourth, fifth, and fifth, so two fifth rounder busts. Uh, and then two sixth round busts. Then drafted. Defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, who has appeared in 39 games, but he's not listed as a starter. One point. Uh, Trayvon Young was a bust. Justin Lawler was a bust. Tra uh, outside linebacker Traven Howard is still with the team. Hasn't done anything yet, but he get a point for that. Five points total for the 2018 class, and only one hit so far. And that's center Brian Allen. Les Snead, 33 points. It's not terrible. I think he is deserving of top 10 consideration for sure um and you have to give him props that uh his team is the uh, are the reigning super bowl champs but uh not the best gm in football despite the fact that he is on a bunch of lists as the best gm in football so uh let's look here so uh, goody has 39 points in four years uh is anybody else Besides Chris Ballard in that conversation, uh, Kevin Colbert is 35, so he would be in uh, third place because yeah, Chris Ballard is the best drafter. Although I think I think he's not proven himself to be fantastic at managing the rest of the team besides the draft. Les Need is at 33. Um, who else is in the 30s? Brandon Bean from the Bills is in the 30s. He's at 32.5. Uh, Mickey Loomis is way far away from 30. He's at 21.5. Um, 
that's it. So your your top GMs, you got Les Snead at 33, Goody at 39, Chris Ballard at 41, Kevin Colbert at 35, and Brandon Bean at 32.5. Now we got to talk about one more guy. I've saved him for last because I hate him. John Lynch, <laughs> uh, been the GM since 2017. He won uh, a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers as a player. He also played for the Broncos and Patriots. And he has um, had himself some pretty good draft classes. 32 points overall. 2021, he amassed 10 points. He had several hits. Uh, Trey Lance, I'm only giving 1.2 right now. Um, he has not officially won the starter job for quarterback yet. We'll see what happens. Didn't look good last year. One point for right now, but that could certainly go up. Um, let's see. Offensive lineman Aaron Banks uh, was a starter for part of the year last year. Not projected to be a starter this year. So I, I split the difference to give him one and a half points. I think that's fair. Trey Sermon only gets one point. He's not a starter. Was not a good player last year. But... Elijah Mitchell is a starter and is a pretty good player. He gets two points. The only other hit from the 2021 class so far would be tackle Jalen Moore. Similar situation. Um, he's been a starter uh, for a brief stint. Is not projected to be a starter this year. We'll see what happens with those two offensive linemen if they win starting jobs again. Right now, they're not listed as starters, so... Uh, they get one and a half points each. So 10 points for the 2021 class. I think that's fair. I think it's a pretty good class. Um, could have been a little bit better toward the top, but Trey Lance could absolutely turn this whole thing around um, and make it a much higher graded draft class. 2020 was not a very good draft class, largely because you didn't have any picks. Two first round picks, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. The first round picks, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk, are both listed as starters. Uh, not very good football players and um, have not been starters for the majority of their career, but they're currently listed as starters. I I did give them each one and a half points. Maybe I should just bump this up to two points, um, just to be fair. I'm going to give them two points for each of these, just to be a little more fair. So his 2020 class gets seven points. Uh, this brings his total up to uh, 33 points. So we're going to give him that. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then nobody else was a hit from that class yet. 2019, this was a good class. Nick Bosa, obviously, three three points. Fantastic player. Debo Samuel, three points. Fantastic player. Both of these guys have made Pro Bowls. Nick Bosa has not made All-Pro yet, which is interesting, but uh, Debo Samuel has. The only other hit from that class would be punter Mitch Wisniewski. But when you got those two guys at the top, the rest of it doesn't matter very much. 10 points for 2019. 2018. This, I would argue, is not a very good draft class. You did get Mike McGlinchey in the first round. He is a starter. Dante Pettis was a total bust in the second round. But Fred Warner in the third round is uh, the other guy that you would throw out there as the best linebacker in football with Darius Leonard. Three points for him. Uh... You only have one other guy from the entire draft class who wasn't a bust, and that's safety Tarvarius Moore, who hasn't done anything yet. But you got six busts from the 2018 class. But John Lynch has done a decent job of keeping that roster stocked. I would argue right now the roster does not look as good as it has over the last few years. But I think if quarterback works out this year, 
49ers can still be a pretty good team. So that's my review. Uh, Chris Ballard is the only guy who has done a better job drafting over the last four years, um, in my opinion, um, of the NFL. So you had a few guys who were close. John Lynch is up there. Um, who else? Uh, Brandon Bean is up there. Uh, Kevin Colbert was up there, but I think his 2022 class was a little bit questionable, and now he's not uh, in the in the NFL anymore. Uh, Chris Ballard, I mentioned, is ahead. And then Les Snead is certainly close on drafting. Uh, I think that if Les Snead had more first-round picks to work with and wasn't giving them all away, maybe could do a little bit better. The only other thing I wanted to mention was here it is. So this is this is one of the lists I was looking at for um, for ranking the 32 NFL GMs because it lists Ryan Poles at number 32. It says this is Poles' first season as the GM of the Bears, and he's being tasked with seeing if Justin Fields is legit and trying to put a competitive team around him. This is clearly a multi-year project, but Pohl's first season has been a bit of a letdown. His free agency additions included signing mostly backup caliber guys, followed by a draft where he overdrafted a soon-to-be 25-year-old receiver and didn't draft any offensive linemen until his final picks. Ryan Pohl's will surely get better at his job, but this first season for him has been rough. Then... The author follows it up with number 31, Quezzi Adolfo Mensa, Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if this one is fair, but we'll see. Here's what he says. Uh, Quezzi is an uber-smart analytics guy who is in his first year as the GM of the Vikings. He's inherited an interesting situation, mostly because of Kirk Cousins. It's clear the Vikings haven't been super successful with Cousins, but they also haven't not been successful because of him. Adolfo Mensa has had a solid free agency period and respectable draft, and the Vikings appear to be in a better place than they were last offseason. So I think that putting him at 31 is a little bit unfair, but it looks like this author is ranking all of the uh, first-time GMs pretty low uh, because they don't have experience. So, But I did enjoy seeing Ryan Poles there at 32. Okay, this has been a bit of a long episode, but uh, been a long time coming. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, and if you appreciate the work I put into grading uh, four draft classes for nine teams, which was a lot of work. Uh, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash JJ Leahy and throw a couple bucks towards supporting the show, I'd super appreciate it. Until next time, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>